This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. I'm your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, your other host, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's always nice to come on the air the day after the patron saint of the podcast shows some fantasy relevance there for a moment. Two goals for Eric Carlson uh, in the Monday night game. Pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, was it his, uh, his best ever offensive game? I mean, it's it's you know certainly up there, uh, and did and you, did you very... see the clip? It sounds like you didn't see the clip. Oh well, no, I, I'm actually behind the times here. I I have to admit, I was in full dad mode, and I was dead ass asleep by the time that game was taking place. Uh, well, the reason I ask is because there's a a slightly viral clip going around where uh, uh, somebody asks Carlson at the the post game if that was the best offensive game he's ever played. And he like takes a breath, takes a bite out of an apple that he's holding and then says, not even close. Oh, that's outstanding. Well, I should have said, God, you were setting me up. I could have been bold. Yeah. You're, you're in a off season form here, sir. The other thing about Eric Carlson we haven't talked about, but uh, that our listeners may know a little bit about is that Elon on the main show dropped Eric Carlson in tier one of the cupful uh, he was picked up today for 11 bucks in fab by neither, well, none of the three of us. Uh, do you buy the Eric Carlson return? Are you into EK65? No, I think that the real tragedy of Eric Carlson in tier one is that for his two goal game, which was not even close to his best offensive effort ever, uh, is going to be lost to the fantasy history books because no one's going to collect those points. And then it's going to be back to kind of the same old 30 point pace, I imagine, for the remainder of the season. But I would be very happy to be proven wrong. eh? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly like I think he's in a position to do fine. You could see him being josh morrissey or whatever where he goes on these runs where he's super relevant and then maybe you catch him snoozing with like six or seven or eight games where he hasn't put up a point for you and you're like why am i rostering this guy like it makes sense that he would go on hot streaks you know what i mean absolutely you know i i have very fond thoughts because uh i i you know, didn't know much in my first fantasy season, but I knew enough to draft Carlson. And even though that was the season where uh, he had that horrible Achilles injury, uh, I was able to do so the next year, too, in that pivotal match against uh, Cousin Dave that we were reminiscing about today. So, All right. Well, Lewis, because we have yet to talk about 
the Philadelphia Flyers, and we're probably like five minutes into three minutes into the show at this point. I think we're you know we're probably getting uh, uh, penalties penalized here for not enough Flyers talk with the way that we've been covering them lately on the show. But we can't really go by them this week again because they made headlines today when they waived former fantasy darling Shane Gostisbehere from you know hot upstart uh, waiver wire pickup three weeks ago to on the waiver wire in the in the Chell. Lewis, do you think that uh, Gostas Bear gets picked up or you think he hits the taxi squad? Well, I love that you brought up our constant Flyers talk. They are messy bees who love drama, clearly, <laughs> with all of these big games with the Rangers. And now, uh, you know, we have we have Shane Gostas Bear taking the brunt of the blame for some of these major issues. I think he will get picked up. There are plenty of teams that could use a... Uh, defensive power play specialist who they can shelter, who they can maybe play for 17, 18 minutes a night. I think you were talking to someone about how he wouldn't be a great fit for Florida because that's sort of how they're deploying Keith Yandel. But I think there are plenty of teams that could use someone like that. Now, of course, the cap situation is a whole nother story. Like, do the teams that you know, need someone for that role. Can they actually afford him? But I am waiting with bated breath. I think it'll be very interesting to see how things go. Um, but I am guessing that he is going to get picked up by another team. That would be my prediction. So this is like kind of the ultimate uh, freezing cold take setup. Like one of us is about to be very wrong and we'll find out tomorrow at noon because I am, I'm fairly confident he either won't get picked up well, or he is definitely not getting picked up by a team where he'll be in a fantasy, like an interesting fantasy situation. Um, maybe better than the situation he's in in Philly, just because he won't get healthy scratched. But like, I, I don't think it's a problem necessarily of fitting the cap in this season. It's a matter of the the extra two years at four and a half million. If the Flyers were able to offload that contract for a draft pick, they would do so, I think. And uh, they haven't. So that that goes to show me that teams are not interested in picking up that contract. You know, like I, I would bet you that the Flyers would be willing to to hold on to half a million dollars or whatever if you gave them a, a fourth. But uh, the fact it just to me, we haven't seen any teams uh, claim players with term or money on their contracts. And I, I think that that's because teams are not going to pick up players with term or money on their contract this year. All right, so some of those leading indicators being absent then your feeling is that it's it's not going to happen, not in the cards. That's that's where I'm at. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see and obviously we will chat about it on Thursday if uh if that is the case. All right, Lewis, we're we're hopping in the the airplane and we're flying all the way to the Nets in Philadelphia because Carter Hart needs to be talked about. He was benched officially for the Flyers game on Monday. Uh, which I have to say was the most demoralizing 3 nothing come-from-behind victory I've ever seen. Like, the team was not happy, even after, you know, defeating the listless Buffalo Sabres. You would think you'd see a little celebration. It was just like, this sucks. We played p- terribly for 60 minutes, or like 45 minutes, 50 minutes. The only reason we get a win is because we're against such a terrible team. Elliot was in net that night. Alan Vigneault has already said that Carter Hart is going to take the next couple days to work one-on-one with coaches and won't dress again Wednesday. I got to ask you, is he a drop in all non-dynasty leagues at this point? Oh, boy. I mean, it's so terrible to say because this is obviously a guy who, who at least we think has a pretty bright future, but it is just not happening for him this year. I think that he is a drop. I think there's, you know, it's just too difficult to imagine him 
refining his confidence in such a short period of time. I mean, we're just a couple weeks away from most fantasy hockey playoffs, and you really can't afford to roll the dice with someone who, like you said, is really being scratched officially. I mean, is there a big difference between officially being scratched and being, you know, having Elliot start over him for a number of games, I guess, is a debate for the semantics lovers. But the reality is uh, he's been bad when he's been in and, you know, he's been out when he's not been in. So what is he giving to your fantasy squad? I think you're right. I think you do have to cut him. There's got to be somebody that you can find who can do something better for you, even if you're streaming in a defenseman into that slot, like whatever you can do. Uh, I think is going to be superior, unfortunately, uh, to putting him out there right now. Maybe he can regain his form, but in a one-year league, no one's going to be jumping into the waiver wire to grab him. And if they are, they are bigger gamblers than I am. Well, so the thing is that he was a fit, you know, I am the semantic lover, as you know. So I do need to say he was officially scratched. There was a different backup. I do not know who the, the Flyers third goalie is, but technically he was up in the press box, not riding pine last night. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Can't be sleeping on Carter Hart at this point. He's just, he's blowing up your stats every single night. The team doesn't have confidence in him. They're tanking out of the playoffs. They're not going to catch up to Boston, I, I don't think, at this point. They're they're going to finish fifth or sixth, depending on how, how well the Rangers close out the season. Yeah, they're, they, they aren't going to play. Carter Hart is not going to be the guy you drafted high this season, unfortunately. Uh, let's move into the injuries and outtree section. We'll talk about Probably the grossest injury I've seen, at least in the last few weeks, Aaron Ekblad out for the season, fell on his knee really awkwardly. It was horrible to watch. Uh, all reports saying that, like in a quiet arena, it was just like a you could hear him. In, it, I don't, I don't need to get into it, but essentially, I mean, it's really depressing for all of Florida. Of course, the I don't want to jinx anything here, but the Panthers are working on an okay game against Detroit tonight. Um, Losing their number one stud defenseman, though, is going to be really tough to replace, obviously. Uh, we see now that with Barkov and Hornquist are both out as well. So we're seeing a little power play one boost for Verhage, Vetrano, and Wenberg. I mean, this is a this is a tough look for all the floor all, all of Florida at this point. Yeah, this is one of those injuries where no one's really going to to benefit from the opportunity to step up into a new spot, not to be cold and overly mathematical looking at this, but you know, it really is is unfortunate for the whole team. He's a guy who just was was doing everything and had kind of reached the sort of apotheosis of what we thought he could be back when he was drafted, and he had some scuffles along the way. But it was great to see him really doing it all for Florida. Just terrible to see what happened. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to it's hard to talk about uh, this as as anything other than really unfortunate for Florida. Some other interesting things that are going on with uh, what we're seeing in Florida right now. Um, we saw somebody on hockey Twitter. I wish I could remember who, but a, a few weeks ago, Huberto was seeing really low time on ice for a point per game guy with lots of sub fifteen minute games. But he is the guy with Barkov out. We do hope to see Barkov back later this week, so that's good news overall for Florida. I would say, especially for um, like Bobrovsky owners, uh, people who are hoping to to see some more wins and that sort of thing. Um, Brett Connolly and and Wenberg, as you mentioned before, are seeing increased minutes until Barkov comes back too. Uh, so those are people who are at least seeing a, a little bit of bump in ice time uh, with Barkov and Ekblad out. I would, you know, there was some hope for maybe we would see Wegar step into that power play one spot. That hasn't happened. Uh, Ekblad was his partner. I think overall that's going to be, it's going to hurt Wegar more than it's going to help. Uh, although I saw some people thinking that maybe that would be a boost for him. Getting Barkov back later in the week, obviously, like we said, good for Bobrovsky, but losing Ekblad 
very scary. Luckily, they get to play teams like Detroit, so hopefully they can still uh, pull out some wins. And I think they have enough of a lead in their division where they're going to be able to hang in there and still maintain their playoff spot regardless. Definitely. This Doesn't this remind you, though, last year when uh, when Carolina lost Dougie Hamilton to a, to a very similar injury, actually, uh, when you think about it? And it's just like, oh, this team who looked like they could be you know, one of the fun contenders that comes out of nowhere and uh, is just like a great story for us all to follow. And then they just have a horrific injury that it's just sad. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will finish up the injury section and get into some streaks. You're listening to Short Shifts. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Short Shifts, Lewis. Uh, we'll run through a couple more injuries real quick here. Vincent Trocek, finally back, did start on line two between Svechnikov and Jesper Fast, and on power play two. Uh, Martin Natchez staying on power play one in Carolina. You gotta love it. I mean, what do you really say about Natchez at this point that hasn't been said? He looks he looks like the real deal. Yeah, Natchez is a stud, and I think it's nice to uh, you know, give him what he deserves. I think he deserves that power play one spot. I don't see why you would take him off it with the success that he's having. And I think Trojak makes for a fine guy to have on that power play too. And as a line two guy, this is sort of where he made his bread and butter when he was on Florida was kind of a secondary scoring guy, but who also stuffed your peripherals. I think it's a fine spot. I think it's it's the right way that it should be divided up here. Uh, and getting a chance to play with Sveshnikov, I think, is a fine consolation prize uh, for this guy. I definitely think if he stays on power play two for long, I I think that that would be a significant kneecapping of his stealing. Um, I guess my hope would be that he would take Jordan Stahl's spot eventually because Trojek, he's so elite right now. Like, he's what Patrick Hornquist... He's like Patrick Hornquist, but like with a higher ceiling, uh, points wise. You know what I mean? So I, uh, mm-hmm. when he when he's not on that top power play unit, it definitely kneecaps it for me. So I'm, I'm hopeful he'll get back up there. Yeah, and I do think if he does take that stall place, that takes stall from being a really interesting potential waiver wire add to being uh, drop fodder for sure. Oh, big time. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, one more injury outjury uh, situation we'll talk about first in Pittsburgh. Jason Zucker is back. We thought that potentially with Evgeny Malkin being out, and I know Brian mentioned this on Sunday's show, that Jason Zucker might uh, pop right back into the top power play, but it looks like they're happy to keep Jared McCann there so far. Lewis, I think you know a little something about Jared McCann. Well, I don't want to spend the whole show talking about my personal fantasy team, but I have been really enjoying this run. Uh, He's been on that first power play uh, now up to six points in his last four games, uh, putting in yeoman's work on that power play unit. 
Still, he hasn't been over 14 and a half minutes in any of these games. So I think that does make me a little worried. But as long as he's got that top spot, I am into him. I'm holding on to him. I'm going to ride it while I can. And I think uh, if he's still kicking around your waiver wire in any sort of reasonably deep league, I think you should have him because he really is enjoying this opportunity. You know, uh, this Zucker thing is kind of similar to what we see with Trocek is, you know, he's back and he's not quite in the spot where he was before, which makes him uh, interesting. But not not especially and and unlike Trocheck, who is capable of really being productive there, I think that Zucker is pretty uninteresting until he manages to grab that top spot because there's no Evgeny Malkin for him to uh, be wing alongside. As long as that's Evan Rodriguez is not a, and not Evgeny Malkin, uh, that's a pretty uninteresting even strength deployment. Yeah, I mean, even with Malkin, Zucker was kind of a borderline guy in most leagues. Uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to McCann, I mean, I'm into him right now because he's on that hot streak and he's on power play one, but. Definitely a little concerning to see him not hit that 14 and a half minute mark in any of the last four games. So, uh, yeah, a little bit. I I don't have a lot of faith in, in Jared McCann sustainably holding on to this uh, spot. Sure. Yes, this is a, a run it while it's hot situation. But I will say you only need a few minutes of power play time for him to make his presence felt, at least lately. Another injury out of Pittsburgh is we saw Tristan Jari fail to return after the first period of Monday night's game. Uh, Casey DeSmith went on uh, to play and did allow one goal, but ultimately uh, the win did go to Jari. After failing to return for that second period, uh, there was no real news in the aftermath, just we heard that it was an upper body injury of some kind. The Pens had a scheduled day off today, and so no real update. We'll probably find out uh, within a few hours after you have listened to this podcast, so keep your ear down. But if he's out, uh, Casey DeSmith has been uh, quite good lately, um, putting up some uh, very nice numbers in his last few outings. They've been a little bit few and far between as Jari has you know, been the clear number one option. How do you feel about DeSmith? You into him if we have you know, Jari out for any significant period of time here? Yeah, I think that uh, earlier in the year, both of these goalies looked to be pretty mediocre. And I was definitely concerned about both the the defense and the goaltending quality in Pittsburgh. I'm still not like certain either of them is gonna be uh you know a a yearly stud, but Jari obviously is playing well and DeSmith is clearly playing very, very well. And so I think if we get news that Tristan Jari is out for the rest of the season, for example, I think DeSmith becomes really interesting. I don't know that that's the sort of news that we're gonna get. And even if he is out longer term, we probably won't know right away. So I would say if you, you know, you're desperate for a, a goalie, you're probably already sitting on Casey DeSmith. Um, and uh, otherwise, probably just wait for some information before rushing out to grab him and, you know, finding out tomorrow that uh, actually Chris and Jari might be back on Thursday. Or Friday. Yeah, I think it's Sorry. smart to not. Yeah, don't don't drop somebody that you love for him. Don't spend a bunch of fab. Wait to find out the news for sure. And we'll, we'll be sure to update you as soon as we can. All right, Lewis, let's hop into the streak section of the show. I'm going to let you start us off. All right. So to start us off is somebody that we've been getting quite a few questions about. This is Braden Shen in St. Louis. Nothing to show for his last eight games out. One or zero shots in seven straight games as part of that stretch. Um, we've seen him move into a secondary power play role the past 10 games or so, which is not what we've usually seen from him. Certainly not earlier in the season when he was a top 60 player. You know, he's just gone cold over the past 10 or so, but looking at the full season numbers to see if there's anything really wrong, 
he's on pace basically for 28 goals, 28 assists. Uh, he has been a little unlucky on secondary assists, which was something that you pointed out to me looking into that. And I do like to check out those secondary assist numbers just to see where they're at. Uh, so this recent stretch is way too low. Uh, what do you think? Moving forward, do you think this can be a 55, 60 point guy like we sort of hoped he could be at the start of the season? If not, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I think that honestly, like you would have been hoping for that 65 to 70 range from Braden Shen. And I'm, I'm mainly just concerned because the Blues seem totally content to split everything down the middle uh, deployment wise. We're also seeing him start a uh, a career low offensive zone starts. I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, 55 to 60 points is kind of who he is. You could see him going hot and getting in the 65 range again, but but it kind of looks like we're getting the lesser version of Braden Shen this season, and uh, I'm a little bit disappointed. He's been so dependable throughout his career. I, I uh, you know, it's probably a tough hold for uh, for Shen owners right now with the the huge break between games. I think they they last played Sunday, and they're not back till Friday. Tough stretch for uh, for folks chasing the playoffs with Braden Shen on their roster. Yeah, I think anybody who sold high on his early success is feeling really good about themselves right now. Uh, what about a guy in Colorado who's been exciting lately? So Eunice Donskoy has been lighting it up in Colorado. And even as uh, Cousin Dave mentioned on the stream scheme, getting some power play one looks over Nazem Kadri. 11 points in his last nine games, still on line three at even strength, unfortunately. But uh, playing around 16 or 17 minutes a game lately, and that's really nice. That's a clear second liner in Pitts- or in uh, Colorado. I mean, even a guy who we think of as like their go-to offensive option when one of the top guys goes down, Andre Burakovsky, he typically only plays in the 13 to 15 minute range. So seeing Donskoy get up 16, 17 minutes, that's real nice. Also three five-shot games in his last six I think this is kind of a run it while it's hot situation, but uh, it's pretty hot right now, and I'm uh, I'm holding Donskoy if I've got him. Yeah, and just to add on, uh, if Donskoy has already been snapped up in your league, Valerie Nishushkin, his line mate, uh, has been on a bit of a nice run lately. So just another guy you could look at, especially in those very deep leagues. Excellent. All right, folks, we've got one more streak here. Lewis, why don't you take this one? One more guy we want to take a look at, New York Islanders' Anthony Beauvillier. He's got five points in the past five games, four of those goals coming on just 10 shots. He's got line two, power play two, deployment uh, with Nelson and Bailey. So not a bad spot to be. This one strikes me as a bit of a blip on the radar, I think. Bovillier has not been very exciting this year. I think we hoped maybe he could uh, grab a spot, maybe even next to Barzil, and be quite successful. Hasn't really turned out that way. This, to me, looks like... Nice little streak here, but not a guy I'm super interested in running out and picking up. Yeah, only a 33-point pace on the season. Tough to get overly excited, really, about any of those uh, non-Barzal, Eberle, uh, Anders Lee fellas over in uh, in Long Island. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm with you there. This is uh, a flash in the pan. Nothing to get too excited about. Just uh, something interesting and of note. But yeah, leave him. Grab Donsko instead. All right, Lewis. That's all the time we have. 
Uh, why don't you sign us out of here? All right. Well, thanks, as always, for downloading our show and enjoying it. Please feel free to share with uh, anyone you're willing to give some inside tips to. Give us a follow at ShortShiftsKK. Brian and Elon can be found at Keeping Carlson. Dave Benton of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Please visit and enjoy the great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, Natural Stat Trick, and Cuckupful.com. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short. Thank you.